0: Come on, y'all! Give it up for Pastor Bob and Miss Tracy. Come on, stand up, stand up, stand! Up. Hey, would you give a bigger applause for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who has been faithful, 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 faithful? So, so excited to have you here. Happy birthday! Uh, you'll hear it many times today, but so glad that, that you're here and you've joined us. I, I just want to do something real quick, though. Um, after honoring Pastor Bob and Miss Tracy, and thank y'all so much for the seeds. We're, we're all we're all have been a part of this harvest. That, thank you for not giving up. Um, and Lindsay and I are so excited for for this new season. But I, I want to do this because our church has not never been built on buildings. It's never been built on just one or two people. It's always been built on. On many people, everybody. We are an everybody church. Everybody matters. Every talent, every gift, every person has has a has a passion and a purpose here. And I want to give some honor. I didn't do this in the eight. I wish I would have done it, but I was just thinking through this. I want to give some honor to some people that are in this room that have been with us for a very long journey. If you have been with us for over fifteen years. I would like you to stand. Would you stand all across this room? If you've been with us for over 15 years, I want you to stand. I want you to stand. OSC, can we? (laughs) My son's standing. Yep, you've been here the whole time. Thank you, Josiah. If you've been here between ten, beyond ten, I, just raise your hand. You don't have to stand, but if you've been beyond ten, I want you to I want you to I want you to raise your hands. Look, okay, all right, what? Yeah. Beyond five, beyond five, raise your hands. Beyond five, okay. What? <laughs> Everybody, mm. <laughs> y'all don't get no love, y'all. Within the last five, raise your hand. If you've been within the last five, look at this. Look at this. Wow, wow. Praise God. Hey. The ones that have been here within the last five, you wouldn't be here without the 15 that have been here from begin, that have have stayed here and and sown and been a part of this. So thank you so much. It's so incredible to see what God has done. Um, I've been preparing for this message uh, for a little while, just kind of praying through what I want to... What do I share on a 20-year anniversary? It's such a historic moment for us as a church. Um, And so I'm going to share from my favorite book of the Bible, Joshua. (laughs) Joshua. I know, I'm a little narcissistic, I'm sorry, but uh, it's got some great principles, and so I'm going to share from, from Joshua, you should have got some notes when you walked in, um, wave them at me if you got some, if you got some, come on, all right, I just need it, I'm going to do that, it's my habit, and uh, we're going to ju- jump into Joshua chapter 3, Maybe if you could actually grab that for me, or someone, thank you, all right, I may or may not need it, we'll see, all right, so Joshua chapter 3 is where we're going to go, and Let's get into God's word, but let's, let's pray before we get started. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for every person. We thank you for every story. We thank you for every marriage restored, every lost child that's come home. We thank you for every freedom that you've brought in people's lives. We thank you for the healings and the miracles that have happened in this house over the last 20 years. God, we thank you for the people that have been sent out of this house to go impact their cities and their regions and their nations and their world. And God, we, we, we celebrate, we celebrate what you've done. But God, we look forward to the future, believing that the greatest is still yet to come. Lord, we give you all the honor and all the glory today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Pastor Bubba actually just told me just a minute ago, he pulled me aside and said, I don't know if you realize this, today is 0202 02, 2020. It only happens over 900 years. I mean, oh, that's a cool day. O two O two twenty twenty, so awesome. So, all right, let's go to Joshua chapter three. Joshua chapter three, we're gonna read through together, and then uh, and then we'll dive in today. So, this is what it says: Give this command to the priests who carry the ark of the covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. It goes on and he says this. So, Joshua told the Israelites, "Come and listen to what the Lord your God says today. You will know. Everybody, help me with this: that the living God." is among you. Next verse says this, he will surely drive out the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the mosquito bites and the the egg whites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and the Jedi Knights. And um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a, I got a lot more, but I'm going to save them for 11:15. Okay, so look, the ark of the covenant, ready, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth will lead you across the Jordan River. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan. And the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was what? It was, it was the harvest season. And the Jordan was overflowing its banks. We'll come back to that in a minute. But as soon as the feet of the... You'll go ahead. As soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which was near Zareth, And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Watch. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on Dry dry ground. In the... Middle. We'll come back to that too, of the riverbed. As the people passed by, they waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. <clears throat> Let me set the stage of what's going on here. This is the children of Israel. There's almost 3 million of them that are about to cross over into what God has promised since Abraham, which was the promised land. This was a a land that God had promised for his people for centuries. Uh, We know if you know the story of Israel, they end up going to Egypt. Jacob comes to Egypt. You know the story of Joseph and all that that happens. They're in Egypt. They end up getting enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. God's people were enslaved in bondage for 400 years. God sends a deliverer by the name of Moses. Moses comes in. We all know the story. You know, let my people go. We got all that. He brings them out after all the plagues and everything that happens, brings them out. What should have been from Egypt to the promised land, a journey that was only 14 days, took them 40 years. Because of complaining and disobedience, God says, okay, you're not going 14. How many know that was the ultimate, are we there yet? (laughs) I would have hate to have been those parents or those kids. You said it was 14 days. I'm sorry, baby. Daddy got lost again. Daddy got lost again. For 40 years? So needless to say, God says, you cannot enter it. You're disobedient. You're grumbling. You're complaining. You can't enter it. And so um, jo- uh, Moses sends 12 spies to go spy out the promised land. Ten of them come back and go, they're, the giants are way too big. There's no way we can get in. It's, it's just not going to happen. We're going to have to go stake out somewhere else. But two of those spies came back, saw the exact same thing that those other ten saw, and said, no, we got this. We can do this. Those guys' names were Joshua Joshua. And Caleb, this is something you need to understand about this story. The people of Israel that came out of Egypt, all of them died. None of them got to go into the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb. So here we are in this moment. All of the people that came out of Egypt for over the last 40 years have slowly died off. That generation has died off. They've had kids in the wilderness, and those kids have now grown up, and now they're three million strong. And so they've seen God do incredible things over the last 40 years. How I many you know God's done a lot in the wilderness? Even though He was kind of upset with them, He still provided for them. I mean, they had cloud by day, fire by night, they had their own built in night light that happens. Uh, they, had, they had, you know, Mickey D's coming from heaven every day. I mean, they, they, they were fed. They had rocks that were breaking open and pouring out water. They've, they've crossed through the river. I mean, just some really historic, monumental things that God has done and that he's provided for them. But the one thing is, is that the people who crossed the Red Sea were now dead, and it's a new generation, and they've got to cross another river. But this generation has never seen that. They've just heard about it. So here we are in this moment, and they've got to do something really big. Now, you need to understand something about Egypt and and, and the wilderness and the promised land. They all mean something. Old Testaments are always imagery for us. So let me show you what they mean. So Egypt is the place of not enough. It's the place of not enough. It's the place of bondage. It's the place that I'm captive to. The wilderness is just enough, and the promised land is what? More than enough, more than enough. I'm going to just go out on the limb and say this. Most people are satisfied with just enough. They want to come to church on a Sunday and just get just enough God, just enough fire insurance I don't go to hell. How many know, though, God's got way more for you? He's got way more for you. He wants to pull you out of Egypt, a place of not enough. He wants to bring you through the wilderness. And how many know, oftentimes the wilderness is in us. He's got to get the wilderness out of us. And then he brings us into a place of more than enough. And God, may we never be a church that settles with just enough. Come on, y'all with me? I don't want just enough. Like, come on, let me know. God's got more people to reach. He's got more churches to plan. He's got more things to do in your life. He's got more freedom to bring in your life. He's got more things that he wants to do in you and me. May we never settle with just enough. Amen. God's got more than enough. But however encouraging, exciting that is, yes, more than enough. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You got a Jordan cross. Oh, and by the way, You're gonna have some Hivites and Perizzites and Levites and all those other ites that are gonna be on the other side waiting for you. So, however much it's really exciting to go on the other side, they also know on the other side there's a lot of stuff that's waiting for them. But we stand today in New Year 2020. Here's the cool thing New Decade. New Year, New Decade, New Season. And we're going to cross over as a church into a a new time. And many of you maybe are in a different season in your life where you're having to make some crossovers, where God's calling you to take some steps, God's calling you out of comfort, God's calling you to do some things. So today I want to share three thoughts with you on what it's going to take for us to cross over into all that God has for you and for me. If If you're not satisfied, if you're just, it's not enough, where I am is not enough, where I am is not, is I want more, who wants more? Okay, all right, this is for you. Here we go. Number one, if you want more of God, you want more of God in your marriage, more of God in your family, more of God in your life, number one, you've got to go all in following God. And I mean like go all in following God. Joshua 3 verse 4 says this, since you have never traveled this way before, this is God speaking to Joshua, he says, they will guide you. He's speaking of the the priests who are going to have the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. And so everywhere that the children of Israel went, they brought the presence of God with them. But how many of you are glad today that the presence of God is no longer in a box? It's not in a church? Come on, how many know it lives in you, and me? We have, we carry the presence of God with us. And so I'll preach myself. Okay, let's go. So they will, watch this. So they, they, they gonna, they're going to guide you. The, the ark's going to guide you. Presence of God is going to guide you. Now you need to stay about a half a mile behind them keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. You stay about a half a mile behind, but, but follow, follow the ark, just follow, wherever the ark goes, just, just follow the ark. Any of y'all ever, ever um, followed behind somebody before? Like in a car, like that was not a good leader? Right. I resemble that remark, I just wanna let you know that. Um, <laughs> Lindsay will often say, you know there's people following us, and I'm like, yeah, they should catch up, that's what they should do. <laughs> Let's go. Thankfully, the, the, God doesn't do that, but he does to a degree. How many know God will keep moving even when you're not moving? He'll keep going. Um, but, but there are times where God will stop. And here's our issue, ready? This is mine just as much as probably anybody in this room. Many times we go past God. So we know God's given us a promise like you're going to have a man of your dreams. But it just ain't happening the way you want it to. And so you're like, well, I'm going to just go get my man. And God's like, you go. And then I'll be waiting right here when you going to come back and realize he not, he's not a hunk. He's a chunk. And so I'm going to be sitting right here. Because oftentimes I think we move faster than God. And I'll, I'll, just from personal experiences, most of the time when I'm burnout, stressed out, tired, exhausted, is because I was saying yes to things God never told me to say yes to. I was going faster than him. And then I was going, God, you need to catch up here. Let's go. You need to catch up. And notice it doesn't say the people are going to go first, and then God's going to follow behind them. He said, no, God's going to lead the way, and you're going to follow behind him. Because how many know? He knows the way. Because the scripture says, you don't know where you're going. So they're going to lead the way of where you're going to go. And this is not very important. I, there's a, a good friend of mine that I work out with, and he's an avid uh, marathon, half marathon and marathon runner. Uh, and so I, he just went and did one, and we were working out this week, and I was asking him about it, how was it, and all this stuff. And if you're a half marathon or a marathon runner, one of the things that you got to know, um, which I don't know, but I'm learning, not because I'm running one, but I just wanted to know, and that is that there's a certain pace you have to run. Like you actually, most really good runners have a watch or something that they know like how many minutes per mile that they need to be running. And if you're like me where you don't know that, come on, how many know the gun fires off? You're like, let's go. And you're like smoking everybody. You're like, ha ha. And then like half a mile in, you're like, and they're all running. Just like this. And you're like, man, you are so slow. But that pace stays the whole way. I don't know if they run like this, but if they do, if they run like this, just they don't. But that's okay. It would, it would be awesome, though. I'd love to see somebody run like that. So they don't run like that. But, but they, they, they got a pace. They got a pace. And so he was telling me about this guy that he's been training that wanted to finish the race at a certain time. And he told the guy, if we're going to finish in this certain time, I'm going to set the pace. And so th- this is all the kid the kid that ran with him the kid was 13 years old running a half marathon with him. And the kid ran it just right he just he just paced him the whole way. The whole way. He ran, he just ran, don't run past me. Don't stay behind me. Stay with me. Come on, me know if we want all that God has for us, we got to stay with what God's doing. We got to we got to go where God's going. I, this is my commitment this year. God, if you're not going, we're not going. But hey, God, if you're going, may we move too. Let's, let's move with where he's going. Watch what Romans chapter eight says it this way. For all who are, what? Led by the spirit of God are children of God. That, that the whole purpose of Christianity is for us to, to walk with God, to be with God. If you buy into this Christianity and think for whatever reason that Christianity is showing up at church on a Sunday and sitting and listening to a, a, someone preach and singing a couple of songs, you are, you are greatly mistaken Christianity has always been built on people just communing with God. The very beginning of the Bible started out with Adam and Eve. It wasn't in a church service. It was just they were just chilling out with God in the garden, hanging out, walking with God in the garden. Romans tells us that if we are led by the Spirit, other parts of Romans says that we walk by the Spirit. Hey, ready, everybody? We serve a three-mile-per-hour God. You know what three-mile-per-hour is? That's how fast you walk. And he just walks, and he walks, and he walks. And here's the cool thing about when you're walking, you can carry on conversations. You're still moving, but you're still talking. You're still moving, and you're still talking. You don't sit. You're still moving, but you're talking. You ever ran and tried to carry a conversation? It's terrible. I don't, if we're running, don't talk to me. Usually something's chasing me if I'm running. But this is, y'all see what I'm saying? Like, I just want you to get a picture of what, what a relationship with God is like. It's just walking with God sharing your heart, him sharing his heart with you. We just, we just got to follow God. This is the children of Israel. They just follow God. Wherever the presence of God, wherever that ark goes, just follow God. Number two, got to go all in before you see the change. You got to go all in before you see the change. Watch what, watch what verse eight says. Give this command to the priests who carry the ark of the covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a, a few steps into the river and stop there. Take a few steps into the bank of the river. So think about this. They're sitting out there. What are we going to do? Joshua, what does the God say? Okay, this is what God says, guys. Gets all the priests together, all the spiritual leaders. Gets them all together says, okay, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. Um, We are going to take that big gold heavy box. You're going to throw it on your shoulders and you're going to walk into the river now, you got to understand how, how big of a deal this is because the Jordan River, Jordan river is normally three feet deep, 100 feet wide. It's, it's not a really big river. I was there in Israel this past year. It's really, it's not wide at all. But notice that, did y'all see what kind of season it is? It's harvest season. Harvest season, during harvest season, the Jordan River would be 10 feet deep and 500 feet wide. Now, here's the question. This is the question as I was reading the story. Why did God wait till it was harvest season for them to go? Why didn't he wait till when it was three feet and, and 100 feet? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, it would just be wastewater, You would just be holding it, all be good. But it's harvest season. We got, like, whitewater rapids going on here. And he goes, hey, this is what we're going to do. You're going to grab the box and you're going to go in the river. And so they do. And, and I love this because the, the verse says that they take a, a few steps, what, into it. That, like, that they get wet Now, this is a big deal, and I'm going to tell you why it's a big deal, because if you go back to Exodus chapter 14, Joshua's spiritual father, Moses, also crossed a river. They crossed the Red Sea, but he didn't have to get wet. Like, he had a trick stick, And and he's like this, I would be, this is how I would be, I'd be like this. You know what I mean? He never got wet, never touched the water whatsoever. The people walked through and he just held it up and the people walked through. And some of you are in a season right now where God did something a certain way. Maybe it was a, tri- a, a little a, a stick or it was a prayer. God, I just pray for this. And you and went, and, and God went, gotta pray for a parking lot spot. Whoo. And it's, whoo. And so the next time you're like, God, I pray, fix my husband. Whoo. Him with a stick. (laughs) And God goes, We're not doing this one that way. Now, here's what you need to understand they have all heard the story of how God did the river this way, but they had never seen him do the miracle this way. I'm telling you right now, you're going to see miracles in your life this year, but you're going to have to probably get wet. That means you're gonna to have to step in and start doing things before you even see change. That means you're gonna to have to start doing some things that are extremely uncomfortable that you don't wanna do. But God says this, I don't move till you move. I don't move till you move. And when you start moving, I'll start moving. So I wrote this down. Oftentimes, we have to step out in the natural for God to release the supernatural. You, you just gotta step out and start doing some things. Come on, how many know stepping into that water? Crazy? Yes or no? Crazy? Yeah. Okay, hey, listen. A church that's under 200 people starting a second campus? Crazy? Yes or no? Yes. A church, again, starting a third campus? Crazy? Yes or no? Yes. A church that's now starting a fourth service at 5 p.m.? Crazy? Yes. Yeah. But, but when God tells you to do it, how many know you just do it? You just go, let's, let's, let's take some steps, let's just go. And let me tell you what it's gonna to take to take some steps this year, to get beyond where you're at and, and what God all God has for you and your family, it's gonna take this one word, courage. And let me give you a definition of courage. Courage is confidence in God's promises, God's presence, and God's power. It's going to take courage. How do I know that? Because in Joshua chapter 1, when Joshua was given the reins and said, all right, Joshua, you're going to lead these people, God tells him, be strong and courageous. And he tells him three times. Be strong and courageous. How many know after the second time I'd be like, I got it? And he goes, nope, you need to hear it one more time. Be strong and courageous. Why would God tell him three times to be strong and courageous? Because he knew where he was taking him was going to require both of those. 2020 is going to be a great year for us, but I'm going to tell you, it's going to take some courage. And the next 20 years are going to be incredible, but it's going to just take some courage. It's not going to be easy. Hey, by the way, on the other side of the Jordan, you got some, got some battles you're going to have to fight. You got some battles that you're going to have to fight. Number three is we got to go all in because God's faithfulness in the past builds my faith for the future. We got to go all in because God's faithfulness in the past has built faith for the future. So I want you to think about this moment. This is such a historic moment for them as a, as, as a children of Israel. 400 years in captivity. Remembering the promise that was given to Abraham that they would have a promised land but yet living in slavery. God delivers them from slavery. This is it, this is the moment. 14 days away, 14 days away. In 40 years of nope, not yet. And so here we are in this moment. They can see it on the other side of the river. And God says, Okay, we're going. This is it. Joshua says, Let's go. So they're, they're traveling. They go. They, the, the guys are in the middle of the river holding the ark. People are passing by. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. They get to the other side, and you would think, Okay, that's it. And then God says something extremely crazy. Watch. Go back into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God, and each of you must pick up a stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and we're going to use these stones to build a memorial. Why would God tell them to go back Into the situation, they just can't, they were excited to get out of it. Why do I go back into it? Because you need to go back into it because you're prone to forget what I just did in your midst. And you need to remember this because when you go fight Jericho in just a minute, you need to remember that I was with you in this moment. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, it was difficult, but I was with you in this moment. And I love it because if you keep reading that verse, it says, Why are we doing this? And he says, Because one day your children are going to walk past these and they're going to go, What's up with the stones? And you're going to go, oh, Grandpa got a story for you. Let me tell you. And you're going to begin to tell the story of what God did in your life. Is there anybody that's in this place that you look back over your life and go, God was in that, and God was in that, and God was in that, and God delivered me of that, and God healed me of that, and God forgave me of that, and God saved me from that, and God saved me from her, and God helped me in this. And God. Anybody there? Man, we have so many stories as a church. I look back in the hurricane season, like Miss Tracy was talking about. Those were God moments, and the flood, and what we did during the flood, that was God moments. And then when we had the economic recession in 2008, and we didn't know if we were gonna make it, and God provided, and people brought matching funds to us to help us build buildings. And then we had times where we planted each campus, which was huge deals. And then we had, come on, I mean, we've had healings in this house. People have been healed of diseases in this house. We've, We've got our stones, But I love this because this was their stones. It wasn't their parents' stones. It was now their stones. And their stones were going to be declared to their children of what God could do. And so as I look to the future, I'm so excited for what God is going to do through this church. And as I look back at the faithfulness of what he's done in this church, it gives me faith for the future. So let me, see, let me tell you what I see in the future. When I look into the future, I see a church that is involved in every sphere of walk in our, in our community. I see a church and I see a future that is, that is where our schools are the best schools in the parish and people move to our parish because our schools are the best. Like when I look into the future, I see a church that is writing songs about our story and we're declaring what God is doing in our house. Like when I look at our church, I see a church that's filled with all ages and all races, united together to to lift up the name of Jesus. That's a future that I see in our church. I see a church that is committed, that is committed to being united together, fighting together. I see a church that is committed to being a church that blesses our community. We don't take from it, we bless it. We're the biggest blessing in this community. I pray that if our church was ever to leave, our city would mourn because we make such a difference in it. Like I see a future where our church it's glorifying God and lifting up the name of Jesus because he's the one that matters more than anything. I see a church where we're raising up young people to understand that they don't have to wait to be great, but they can bring revival to their campuses right now. This is the church that I see. This is the future that I see as we move into it, but it's not going to be easy. And I'm going to tell you right now, God has not told us to build churches. He's told us to build people. Last 20 years, as I look across the landscape of this room and so looking in many of your eyes and knowing some of the stories of where you've come from, this, you're the joy. You are what makes this what it is. But, but as many of you that raised your hands and said, I've been here in the last five years, can we imagine who's going to raise their hands in the next five, in the next 10, in the next 15? So we are a church that is all about reaching people and about building lives, and we've been reaching people, but we are making a, 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 a more concerned effort this year to build people than ever before. Because it doesn't matter if we reach you and your marriage is still bad. It doesn't matter if we reach you and your family's still far from God. It doesn't matter if we reach you and you're still not healthy emotionally or physically. Like we want you to be healthy in all areas of your life. So this year we're committing to do something and I want, I want to share with you. We are committing this year to seize the 167. To seize the 167. How many want to know what the 167 is? <laughs> so here's what the 167 is. I don't know if you know this or not, there are 168 days in a year. I mean, hours in a week. Not going on. I went to private school. Um, Okay, so there are 168 hours in a week. One of those is spent in church. 167 are outside of it. This year as a church, we're going to be committed to helping you get healthy and strong in the 167. The success of our church is not if we can fill these seats. The success of our church is if we can make a difference in your home and in your workplace and in your school and in your community. Are you all with me today? Like that's, that's, That is what this church is committed to. If you're, a, if you're a good coach, if I, I know I've got some coaches in the room. If you've coached a team and you're playing on your home court and you're in the locker room with the home team, you're going to probably say something to them like this. Hey, listen, if we destroy people at home and we win all at home, that's great. But if we cannot win on the road, this team will not be any good. You know. Listen to me. If we only have faith and strength and confidence when when they're in in this house and we're not outside the house, how many know we ain't going to win? But how many know when we can take this on the road and our faith can travel and our our healings can travel and the Spirit of God can travel, how many know we're going to change a city, we're going to change a region for the glory of God? Bless you. I had to. It took my moment. So... (laughs) Father, we love you. We love you. God, we just thank you for all that you're doing in this church. If you're in here right now and you're going through a season where it's just a, it's just a transition season, or, man, you just, you just need God to show up. You need God to show up. You need him to do something. Maybe he's calling you to step out and you're going to need some courage this year. Or maybe you're walking through something that's just been difficult right now. And, man, you just, you just need God. You need more of God. If you're saying, I, I just want more of him, not enough. I want more. I want you to just raise your hand all across this room. Nobody look around. This is your, just your moment right here. Come on, hands going up all over the place. Father, I pray right now for every person that's in this room that is just walking through a transitional season, maybe, maybe believing for a lost one. God, maybe, maybe believing for healing. God, maybe they're, they're, they're fighting for their marriages, or maybe they're fighting for their children, or maybe they're, they're in a place financially where they, just, they don't know where to turn. I, I, God, I pray that we would go all in following you. Because here's what I know is that you'll never lead us to a place that's not for our best. God, you're always leading us into better places. God, you're always leading us into your best. And so God, even when everything maybe around us looks, looks rocky, when they stepped into that water, it, 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 it didn't happen yet. So maybe I, I pray for some of those in here that they just take a step. Maybe just do something different that they've never done before. Just make some new commitments. God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would lead them and draw them. God, I thank you for the healings that you're bringing in this house. Thank you for the, the many, many, many salvations that are going to happen over these coming years. But God, I pray, Lord, over your people today, God, that you would bless them and speak to them and use them today. If you're still with your heads bowed, the greatest thing you can go all in on is, is of course, a relationship with Jesus. If you were to be honest, and if I was to sit down and ask you, hey, I do you know for sure that if you were to die today that you would, you'd be in heaven? Or if I asked you this question and the question was, is if Jesus was standing before you and he says, what's the one reason that I should let you in? And I want you to think through that answer. And if your answer is anything other than because of what Jesus has done on the cross for me, then I need to pray for you because that's the only answer. That Jesus took my shame, my sin, and my guilt. It's nothing that I've done. It's all what He's done. And I've placed my faith in Him. If you're here in this room and you go, Pastor Josh, I want to place my faith in Him. I, I need that. Would you just raise your hand all across this room and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Come on, hands going up all across this room. Thank you. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Anybody else? Thank you so much. I see you back there in the right. Now I want you just to pray this with me. OSC family, I want you to pray this right alongside with every person that's in here. Come on, this is the greatest moment of your life right here. You say this, dear Lord Jesus, today I recognize that you are Lord and that you came and lived a life that I couldn't live. And you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt on the cross and you died for it. You rose again. To give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Now, come on. Say this with me. Say, today, Today, I turn from my sins and place you as my Lord and Savior from this moment forward. Heaven is now my home. God is now my Father. And Jesus is now my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, OSC family. Let's celebrate today with those.